Hi there. Welcome back to another episode of Wickedly Macabre with your two favorite people on the show, Dee Seibel, that's me, I'm Dee, and Tiffany Targetto. Say hi, Tiffany. Hi, Bob. I'm not Bob. No, oh. Bob's uh, like our, our people. You're talking about our macabre bobs. Oh, yes. Hello there, our sweet, sweet macabre bobs. We have missed you. We love you. And thank you for being loyal and coming back after our two-week hiatus dealing with icky health stuff. Uh, I felt like I was dying. How about you, Tiffany? I was okay. You were, no, I wasn't sick. You had, you had a thing. You were like, I was, I was all like, I feel like shit, but we can record. And then you were like, I feel like shit. And then we were both oh, yeah. feeling like shit. And then we didn't. And that's how we made it two weeks is we were just... I had, I had, um, everybody in my family was sick and then not COVID tested negative. Uh, so good there. Um, also tested negative for the flu. Number two was I, I was having an adverse reaction to my new ADHD medication, um, which coincidentally my son also takes the same kind and he's fine with it. He's just all like, I'm good. And I'm over here thinking that I'm dying. So, He's all, Mom, I'm half you. Why are you, what's yeah. happening? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I Actually, I think I hit it pretty well from the kids. Um, but man, the crash was so hard at night. I would be doing all the things. And then I'd stop for five seconds. And this wave of exhaustion would just like sweep over me. And if I sat down or laid down for half a second, I'd be asleep. It was, it was bad. That was. Oh yeah, that's what happened to me last weekend. Yeah. My sister came over, and I fell promptly fell asleep at seven thirty, and woke up the next day at ten. Seven thirty p.m. I fell asleep, and then woke up at ten a.m. That's a pretty good nap. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Suddenly, I was like very sleepy. In fact, my mother-in-law was sitting on her bed and I was sitting on the end of the bed and uh, we were watching TV and I was having such a hard time not falling asleep. In fact, Marshall had to kick his mom out and be like, we love you, but Tiffany might pass out <laughs> any second. So, gotta go. So something that happened, because during all this, you know, when you test negative and you're able to work, you go back to work. I was going to work and I was writing on lunch. I was uh, at a different office and I was uh, sitting in the lunch room. I wasn't eating. I was writing an episode and there's people that I'm not really too, like, I'm bad at meeting new people. I'm bad at meeting people. I'm like the world's most awkward human when it comes to initially meeting people. Um, so these coworkers are sitting at the lunch table on the opposite end and I'm just writing away and I'm listening to stuff and I'm doing my thing. And somebody says, um, you're doing homework on your lunch. And I'm like, Oh no, I, I'm, I, I'm, it's not homework. It's, uh, I'm writing a podcast and this piques their interest. 
and they're like, oh, what kind of podcast? They, they ask me questions. And of course I go into, oh my God, am I self-promoting? Is this an inappropriate moment to self-promote? Should I stop talking? Should I have lied and said, I, yes, I am doing homework. I totally like biffed it and pushed it off. And I literally just like climb, clam down. They're like, oh, I love true crime podcasts. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Go back to writing. Here I am at work shamelessly promoting it to everyone I see. Well, you've also been working there for a while. <laughs> That's true. I'm like skimming underneath the radar. I don't want to cause any feather, like ruffle feathers. Anyway, a couple days later, the same, same sweet gal that asked me about my podcast in the lunchroom, she messages me and says, hey, what's the name of your podcast? And I let her know and I'm just like, oh, hey, are you this person because I, I heard she was a cool cat from one of the other people that I worked with at a different clinic. And, um, and then I, I tried to like introduce myself properly and I got all awkward again. Anyway, you know who you are if you're listening. I'm sorry that I'm an awkward human. And I just want to thank you for listening to the podcast and, uh, sharing it with others. It really meant the world to me. And, um, Thank you. Appreciate you. Shout out to you. Also, Dee's an amazing person. You should be friends with her. Well, I wouldn't say that. I'm weird and awkward. I don't... I'm... I'm... See, now you're promoting me, and now I get all awkward again, and I'm just like, <laughs> people, I'm not that great. I'm just gonna sit in the corner and be quiet and say hi if somebody says hi to me. <laughs> You're just shy at first like I am. I just need somebody to like be the extrovert to go out and like say something completely inappropriate so I can jump on that plane or something appropriate so I can jump on that plane. But like, you know, there's always those levels and coworkerdom that you need to kind of arrive at gradually. I'm at the very bottom rung. Like, I don't know. I'm just going to say hi and see if that gets me in trouble. Makes sense. Right? Um, anyway, now that I feel like I've made a complete ass out of myself, uh, go me. Um, Tiffany, are you ready for our second fun, creepy fact to creep you out? Yes. Yes, I am. Fun creepy facts to creep you out. Okay. So this one will trigger anybody or could trigger anybody that has agoraphobia. Or not agoraphobia. Arachnophobia. The Goliath bird eater spider can reach a weight of 6.2 ounces reach a length of over five inches and have fangs that are 1.5 inches long. Gross. Yeah, they're like the size of puppies. Gross, I'd rather have a puppy. Oh my God, they're so cute though. Like as far as spiders go, they're pretty cute. I don't think those two things correlate. No, no, no. I mean, they do though. I mean, anybody that's had like a tarantula and really like kind of, you know been around them they're fascinating creatures and they my co-worker they have Kendra yeah Kendra if you're listening uh shout out to you she's 
terrified of spiders. Okay, so you're going <laughs> to shout out to a person that is absolutely terrified about spiders over a spider fact? Yep. I totally saved her life the other day because there was a spider crawling on her desk and I did not tell her and moved him and then told her that I saved her. And she was ecstatic. Oh, well, that's good. You saved her yeah. life. I saved the spider's life and Kendra's life. That's good. That's two lives. Although I have a rule. If you're a spider and you enter my house, you're going to die. I had to learn as a little girl to uh, take care of spiders for my mom, even though I hate them and I'll make Marshall take care of them for me if it's in the house. I had to do it for my mom because she was terrified of spiders. So, yeah. All right, Tiffany. Ready for the toying, co toying cost? Are you ready for the coin <laughs> toss? Yes. Yes, I am. Let's go to the coin of fate. Okay, so I reached in my sack of coins from all over the world. And today's coin is brought to you by 1983 Canadian dollars. Those are called loony. Loony? Yeah, it doesn't have a loon on it. What's a loon? A bird. Oh, yes, there is a bird on it. <laughs> oh, this is my favorite moment ever. <laughs> I, I would have called it a duck, but sure. It's a, it's a loon. All right, Tiffany, guess what? What? I actually wrote a story. Good job. I'm proud of you. I know. Uh, and I have a Red Bull beside me, so no passing out this week. Hey, that's good. Good job. Probably. <laughs> Hashtag, don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's flip this bad boy and see where it takes us. Okay, one, two, five. Tails. Paranormal. That's me, right? Yep. Oh, sweet. I'm excited. It's been a while, obviously, because I didn't even remember what our our assignments were. <laughs> so, Tiffany, I found this story by chance on Facebook, uh, which led to a TikTok and Googling because I, I really didn't think that it was real. I thought it was one of those, like, um real fake scary movie promo videos and a fake account uh but after diving into the rabbit hole I found out that it was real and they this this family was actually featured on an episode of one of my favorite paranormal tv shows the dead files wow yeah and um, additionally, like the more, the more I looked at the video, I mean, she, the, the woman who owned the house or owns the house, she had video after video after video, just chronically explaining the events of what happened to her family. And it was just, it's really compelling uh, I relate a lot to these experiences, so it was really hard to 
put into words how and what these experiences were without going back to a, a place in my past. Um, so I felt like it was a good story to tell today. All right. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. Excellent. House hunting. Whether it's renting or buying, it's fun for some and agony for others. Either way, it's a huge adventure with a life-changing end. While most people worry about buying a house with unseen serious repairs with plumbing or electrical wiring, they don't consider the possibility of unseen and unwelcome residents that aren't possums being inherited with the purchase. And that's exactly what happened to the Clark family. In 2017, Aaron and Aaron, a husband and wife, both named Aaron, but she has an E and he has the double A, and their two very young children, Raina, who is about five from what I was estimating, and their son Titus, who is about one, according to my estimates, because nobody really says how old they were. I just had to like backdate it from uh, the episode of The Dead Files. Anyway, they wanted to raise their kids in this house or in a house. You know, that's why they were house hunting. Uh, then one morning, the Aarons were checking out properties on Solo and they saw a beautiful historic home listed in the Hobo Hill Historic District of Jefferson City, Missouri. It was an American four square style house built in 1910. The exterior was red brick with white trim, a very classic look. From what I could see, it was two stories plus an attic and a basement, which gave the home a sizable 5,000 square feet to work with. When the two errands stepped into the house, there were no walls. The house was gutted, bare, and needed renovations that were started by the previous owner, yet left unfinished. But they saw the potential in the exposed bones of the house and they felt they were meant to be there. They closed on the house in July 2017 for $70,000 and started the renovations. They had little experience with renovations, so they called on family for help with turning the skeleton of a house into a warm family home. They built walls, picked out paint colors, put in sidewalks, repaired and refinished the original wood floors. They built the dream kitchen they always wanted an awesome office in the attic and a new entrance to the basement. They tore out weird cages they found in the basement too. Yep, cages in the basement. More on that later. And in Hold our- up, cages? Like animal cages? No, we'll get there. Okay. okay. And in October, 2017, they finally move in. Soon after they moved into their dream home, it started to become a traumatic nightmare. Their dog, Paco, was acting oddly, which was easily overlooked as they recently lost their other dog, Claire, and just moved into a new home. As with any dog or cat parent, you prepare your animals to have an adjustment period to new spaces and trans transitional faux pas. Paco would mostly hang out on the porch or in their car, and when he did come into the house, he would be tucking his tail and shaking, and he really hated the stairs. At times, he would run out of the room startled by an unseeable force. 
on October 23rd, 2017. Um, and here's where I'm going to start referring to the wife, Aaron, as E and the husband, Aaron, as A. So we don't get them confused since they both have the same name. Good idea. Okay, on October 23rd, 2017, E posted on her Facebook the following, and I quote, Dog people, what the heck do I do? Paco hates our new house, and I do not mean that in the nicest way possible. I mean he hates it and is pissed, and tonight wouldn't come up the stairs, so I physically had to carry him. And now my back is on fire. And then she had like three fire emojis. How long is this transition going to take with this nut job? I love him, but geez, silly face emojis times four. And then I don't think she got the response that she was looking for. In fact, I, I she probably wasn't even expecting it. Um, her friends responded with things like maybe sage the place of bad juju. I'm voting for it's haunted. Hopefully your new house isn't haunted. Animals are good with that sort of things. Have you seen the conjuring? the dog knew first, which those comments, they kind of disregarded and kept trucking on. But then one night around 10 PM, E and A are laying in bed in the master bedroom when they hear a loud bang and what sounds to be dragging above their head coming from the attic, which continued every night at the same time. This was followed by the smell of musty towels wafting on the second floor stairwell. The electricity acted strangely. Lights flickered and TVs would turn off and on on its own. One thing about the house's character I forgot to mention was each of the bedroom doors had a deadbolt on it from when the rooms were rented out uh, in the 50s and 60s. And for some reason, uh, the Clarks did not replace those on the doors. Um, I don't know why, but my suspicion is because their kids were too young to be able to use them mixed with the excitement of moving in and the fact that it's not an essential piece that needs a replacement for the house to function as a house. They probably left it for a future project or maybe it had a historical value that they couldn't change because keep in mind this was a historical district so typically historical districts with historical homes have special rules for those homes. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, that's all my little speculation of why they didn't switch out the doors or fix the door so it doesn't have that deadbolt on it. Anyways, one day E was playing in the room with the kids in Raina's room when she looked up and saw the deadbolt had been locked from the inside. She knew she didn't lock it and with her kids and her playing on the opposite side of the room and being too small to operate the locks, she could not find a rational explanation of why or how they got locked in the room from the inside. A was bringing in groceries with Raina one day and he heard a voice. He asked Raina if she also heard that and she responded with, Daddy, someone just said hi to me. E had a nightmare where she watched a lady carry a baby up the staircase of the house. And the lady, annoyed with the baby, bashed the baby's head into the stairs, killing it. She states, Oh my God. And I quote, It was so vivid that I would recognize that woman on the street. 
Another evening, she found herself in what she thought was sleep paralysis, but realizing soon after it was a black blob on top of her, holding her down to the point she felt like she was suffocating. She was constantly exhausted and feeling drained. Then the man in the hat appeared to E while she was in their daughter's room. He stood in the doorway. He was a tall, thin, older man wearing a tall top hat. He was just watching E and then in a blink of an eye, he was gone. That's right, a full body apparition. Raina started acting strangely, carving her name into the stair banister, sleepwalking, saying strange things. And on top of it all, she was also having night terrors. There was a red and black man under her bed and she claimed to escape him when she like ran out of her room where they would find her sleepwalking. One night in particular, her father, A, found Raina in her room staring out the window only for her to turn around to look at him with a creepy Cheshire cat smile on her face. So like a really, really wide grin, you know, That's where they're creepy. smiling, but they're also like furrowing their brow, that kind of thing. Creepy. Now, one of the more shocking events that happened to this family and he would later reveal to be the final straw would be one night when E was giving Raina a bath. She looks at her and asks her, Mom, Mommy, what would happen if I threw my baby brother out the window? And of course that sent chills down E's spine and explained to her daughter that he would die and she would be in a lot of trouble and why she would say that and how we don't say that and we don't do that is not something that you want to say. And Raina was silent for a couple minutes and then she started crying. She explained to her mother that she didn't want to say those things and she doesn't want that to happen. Her brain made her say it. One day, uh, A and E were using the staircase as a photography location because A is a photographer um, and E lost her necklace on the staircase. She couldn't find it. Now this was like a cross necklace uh, and she couldn't find it, couldn't find it. This isn't a carpeted staircase. It is hardwood. Um, there's no carpet at all on this staircase. She goes up and down. She's looking for it over and over again. Well, they finished the photo shoot. Raina comes home from school and Raina hands her mom her cross necklace saying, I found this on the staircase, which is crazy wow. because, so I've had a very similar experience. Um, and I, I'm so weary sharing my experiences on the podcast, but this is so similar. It's insane. So I had a cross necklace. I've actually had three cross necklaces. And at this time I had a gold chain, a gold cross. It had a very tiny diamond and it was in perfect shape. Well, two things happened. One day I randomly found a cross pendant in her carpet in an apartment that I was living in with an ex 
and I put that on my chain. Well, one day I was drawing up a bath in our bathroom and our bathroom gave us, gave me the heebie-jeebies. Like I, if I could see it from the living room, I would move positions because it made me so uncomfortable. I'm turning on the faucet to turn on the, the water and I see over my shoulder something fly and start clanking around in my tub and it's one of the pendants. And what? I, yeah, I look at it. And it's in perfect condition. Because, you know, sometimes when they're cheaply made, one of the rings can just kind of, like, pop its seal. Yeah. And then bend after misuse because gold is really soft. Nothing. The necklace, the chain was intact. Um, it was just the pendant came flying off and over my shoulder. It was wow. so creepy. I did not bathe that night. Then a couple weeks later, I noticed that my necklace is gone completely. And that had that still had my other cross on it. Could not find it at all. And a month goes by. Like, I scoured the carpet. I mean, fine-tooth combed between all of the areas that we used to walk in. And I eventually found it in such a weird spot that nobody went it was like behind the freaking tv what yeah yep that's crazy yeah so i know what it's like to like have that type of situation and that very uneasy feeling that unsettling like what the fuck happened this has you can't explain it with physics moment back to yeah. their story a would go into the basement and feel like he was getting jumped on or a person would be attached to his back until he left the basement so the feeling wouldn't dissipate until he left that area of the house they even had people come to them with their experiences, vivid dreams of the house. Friends and family would point out orbs and videos, which occurred in a lot of their videos they took. They had a spot on their concrete basement floor that was always wet. Did not matter what the weather was outside. They had no leaks in their basement. That spot was always wet and always in the same shape, which was circular. They heard stories of people being buried under the basement and how prisoners were being kept in cages down there too, which was apparently something very common in that area. They would hire prisoners from the local penitentiary and keep them in their basement as hired help. Wow. And they also heard of a suicide in the attic. Now, they, con they consulted with the Catholic Church, who gave them holy water and told them how to use it, basically. Uh, they reached out to psychics, who let them know that there was a lot of spirits and portals in the house. For those of you who don't know, a portal is where the veil is very, very thin between the human and the spirit world, making it an easy entry for ethereal beings, such as spirits, to enter, as well as negative entities, too. They spent five months in this house after spending months renovating it and pouring love into the home 
they fell in love with and dreamed of raising their family in. They packed up their things and they left. Now, they contacted this show, as I mentioned before, Dead Files, which features a retired New York City detective, Steve DeShavi, and psychic medium, Amy Adams, who investigate separately on hauntings and reveal their findings to the owners at the same time they reveal it to themselves. The Clark's home was featured in season 11, episode four, and I believe that was titled, this, titled, this is not my child. Steve did the interviews uh, with E.A. and Raina, and then he reached out to local historians to find out more about the property. At night, Amy walked through the house noting what she saw and what was concerning, then met with a sketch artist to draw something she saw on her walk. After the interviews, research, and walk, and the sketch are completed, Steve and Amy and the two errands meet for the final reveal, which if you're unfamiliar with the show is the most compelling part of the show and Amy lets them know if the home can be made safe to live in or not. Due to copyright concerns, I will be vague in their findings because I don't want to be sued. Steve and Amy's findings match up about 85 to 90% and Amy was able to give explanations for why the Clark family had the experiences that they did and maybe some of who those ghosts or entities probably were too. Ultimately, the Clarks decided not to move back in. Now, they were financially strapped because after they moved out of this home, they bought another home. So they weren't able to support two mortgages on their salaries. But they just couldn't sell their home to another unsuspecting family only for more people to suffer through what they have gone through. And they poured their hearts, their sweat, their blood into bringing this home into a beautiful restoration, which they actually won an award for. Faced wow. with some hard decisions, good morals, and it being the electronic age, they took their lemons and they grew a lemon tree. They created one of the most beautiful B&B, Airbnb homes I have ever seen. This home can accommodate 9 to 10 guests for pretty great rates from what I see. While they really don't push the haunted house as a gimmick to bring in more renters, they don't hide it either. I read their reviews and not everyone has a paranormal experience either. And they have like a five star rating. So whether you believe in a haunting or ghosts or not, it's a great place for everyone in that area. Like if you're going to visit I and can afford it, like go there. I mean, I'm, I don't know this family. I'm not affiliated with them, but it is, it is a beautiful home and, uh, it has made it into the list of places that I would like to visit in the future. So they, at, at the end of the day, they've really taken this shitty situation that could have really put them in the poor house. And I mean, potentially even killed them and turned it into something that pays for itself. They gave up the home as a place to live in and they accepted that, but they also respected the property and how it affected humans and gave it a, a sense of purpose again. 
So I have to applaud them for that. That's really thinking out of the box. It's really kind of, like I said, taking, taking your lemons and turning it into a lemon tree. So you're not just stuck with, you know, your two lemons. You have an entire tree of lemons. Is that a bad analogy? I should yeah, have, makes sense. I should have just stuck with them. They made lemonade out of them lemons. <laughs> they took the lemon, put the seeds in the ground, grew a lemon tree, and then made lemonade. That! Yeah, they put in a lot of hard work to cultivate these lemons to grow on this tree. Links included will be the Airbnb listing a link to their Facebook page, which is where I started seeing the videos initially. They also have a TikTok, but I recently just like deleted my TikTok because I, it's just a rabbit hole I can't keep diving into and then three hours go by. It's like, I, I need to sleep some, sometimes. And TikTok prevents sleep for me. Okay, so here's a little bit of information in case you're wondering. It's $300 a night. It has a four, 0.96 review out of five and it's beautiful i just found the link and i'm looking at all the pictures isn't it stunning yeah so i'll take uh these pictures and put them on our facebook group they have a foosball table in the attic that's cool i suck at foosball but my husband rocks we have a foosball table that's been dismantled for like freaking ever so yeah, it has a little bit of uh, everything for every type of person. It's gorgeous. Oh, you're right. Uh, so that is our show for today. Um, I know that if next week, if we roll the, not roll the dice, uh, what is it? Flip the coin. Flip the coin. I'm good at this, guys. <laughs> we flip the coin and it lands on true crime, which I'm crossing my fingers it does, but if it doesn't, two weeks of paranormal storytelling, I am down. But if it doesn't, Tiffany has a really compelling story, so I just want you guys to keep your fingers crossed for true crime next week, because uh, it's going to rock. It's going to be a two-parter. She's worked her little heart out on this story, and I'm very proud of her. It was 12 pages when I thought I was done and we were about to record. And then I ended up adding a page onto that after because I found some details that I was like trying to find before. And I found it because I was looking for photos of the murderer and the photos took me to links, you know, links and down the link rabbit hole. And I found more details that I hadn't seen. And I was like, oh, sweet. And we're like adding it in. That's when I thought I lost the whole file. Oh, when you had that oh shit moment. Yeah, but thank God we use um, um, Google Docs because it saves it every five seconds. Yeah, so nifty. I love that stuff. Hashtag not sponsored by any of it. I'm not sponsored <laughs> by dead files. I'm not sponsored by whatever channel they're on. I'm not sponsored by Airbnb and I have no affiliation with any of the things, companies or places that were mentioned here tonight. Uh, Including Mountain Dew and Red Bull. But well, hit us up if you want uh, to sponsor us. We wouldn't say no. Probably. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but 
hey, if you as individuals want to sponsor us, you can always do one of those Patreon subscriptions. $3 a month helps us uh, stay caffeinated, stay researching, and helps fuel us uh, in the gas area of life because gas is expensive. Um, we're hoping that next time we get together, we get together in person. Um, fingers crossed, you know, infection rates have gone down and things feel a little bit safer by that time. And uh, if you have a story or an idea that you would like to share with us and would like to see featured on our show, just give us a shoot us a message and um, we'll put it we'll put it in our pile we have probably have like 50 ideas each that we're trying definitely. to definitely so we are not short on content but we love getting the suggestions we've gotten a few suggestions really crazy ones love it love it love it love it I love, love the weirdo crime case weirdness um that was yeah. extremely vague no well, so about. the one that I just did it on was not on my list. And I found it because someone suggested doing um, doing this. And so then I went looking for people who had done this and found this crazy person and totally fell through the rabbit hole of everything that I could find. Excellent. I love rabbit Right? So you guys can join our Facebook group, Wicked the Macabre Podcast. We also have a website. It is wickedly com. You can listen to episodes there. They also have a contact us type form that you can fill out. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. We love the feedback. Um, whether it's digitally or in person, or if you have our phone numbers and you harass us by text, we love it all. It, it just warms our heart that our little hobby, um, is being listened to and all the effort that we put in is being appreciated or enjoyed. Uh, we love you, our macabre bobs. So one more thing that we decided at the beginning of this was... If you find a coin out of the country, like, you know, out of the U.S., and you want us to use it, and you know us in real life, you can just give it to us if you happen to run across one. If you don't know us personally, send us a message on any of the things we listed that you found a coin and want to give it to us, and we'll figure it out. A way to get it yeah absolutely so if you have a weird coin that you want us to feature and name drop you on the show uh just send it our way awesome yeah we love you guys i hope you all have a wonderful night stay safe out there sanitize your your hands when you touch your face just don't sanitize your face because that's gross that it hurts it does. It hurts. I've done that. It does not feel good. <laughs> it doesn't taste good. Mm -mm. You don't put it in your mouth, Tiffany. Oh, I'm doing it wrong. That's not where sanitizer <laughs> goes. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh my god, I wish you were kidding, but I have a feeling. I have a feeling. <laughs>